I'm Rosie. And I'm Wendy. And you're listening to Spilling La Sopa, a podcast about real Latinas, real conversations, real chistosas. Hola a todos nuestros listeners. We are so happy to be getting to connect with you all um, again. Uh, this is your amiga, Wendy. Hey, everyone. Rosie here. Uh, today is a beautiful day in Oakland, California. I hope you're enjoying nice weather yourself wherever you're at. Hi, everybody. It's Marisol. Um, we have great weather here in L.A. It's going to be like 100 degrees tomorrow. So that's exciting. Yes. So hopefully everybody who's in L.A. listening to us, you know, get to go to the beach and hang out, get a nice tan. Because then it's going to go back to like 65 degrees or something, <laughs> something ridiculous. So um, just last night, actually, I was... Um, watching this show i don't know if you've ladies tell us about your netflix scene. so yes i'm obsessed with netflix i know every time i always have to quote oh. netflix <laughs> no tiene nada que hacer la mari puro, puro netflix y cocinando quesadillas <laughs> cocinando sus quesadillas yeah um actually i've been obsessed with cheddar cheese lately i don't know why and i've been making quesadillas a lot <laughs> pero no nadie me echó el ojo i got a new necklace actually y no se me ha quemado nada Actually, the other day, I was making mashed potatoes. But anyways, that's besides the point. So I was watching, I don't know if you ladies have watched this show. It's called The Serpent. No, I haven't. No. I haven't. Okay, you guys have a life. Okay, good. Well, <laughs> you ladies should watch this show. It's, it's called The Serpent. It's about this señor um, who starts um, robbing and, uh, yeah, he starts robbing people in Southeast Asia, mainly tourists. And usually like American tourists. So he starts robbing them, drugging them to steal from them. But then obviously things get more dramatic and he starts murdering people. And it's so good. Like I even got my parents to watch it. And my parents are like, I know, no, serie. I know, no, porque luego me olvido. Ni, ni sé qué pasó. But I'm like, no, no, no. It's like, oh, it's one season. That's it. It's over, right? It's like a, almost like a docu-series, like a, but it's not a documentary. But anyway, so I got my parents into it too. Anyway, so, so none anyway, of these things are, none of these events are real. Actually, so they were real. Oh. So this is a true story. I should have probably said that. It's a true story. The señor goes around murdering people because he's lazy, I guess, doesn't want to work and rather steal their, <laughs> their money. <laughs> Down, dude. She <laughs> psychoanalyzed the, the killer on the <laughs> yeah. serpent. Great assessment, Mari. Continue. Lazy. Yeah. Thank you. Lazy, right? <laughs> no, narcissist, for sure. Narcissistic, for sure. Yeah. Lazy psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> but anyways it's such a really good show and because anyway so he's murdering people all in southeast asia like thailand um india pakistan like all in the 70s so it's a true story and while i was watching the show i started laughing right now because well people are getting murdered but because when <laughs> because wendy and i have you know we've traveled a lot together and yeah. we've almost gotten murdered a few times and and I was just well, I was, just once, but you know, well, yeah. well it could have been more, right? It yeah, could have been yeah. more. Could have been more times. <laughs> totally, but like, um, I was just thinking about the time, like the times that we exposed ourselves. So, if you guys want to listen to our story, I'm going to share one story, one out of the many where we almost got murdered. But we were in Puerto Rico, and we know we're having a good time, and these guys saw us having a good time and obviously wanted to join our good time. <laughs> you be lying, Mari. Mari, she's, she was, if, 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 if people don't know Mari, Mari, Mari's a flirt. 
So Mari bamboozled these two men. No, I was sitting there minding my own business. No, I didn't bamboozle. What the no, hell? She didn't. I'm joking, guys. She didn't bamboozle the men. We were just we were just renting a car, and Mari's naturally beautiful, so she bamboozled them with his with her beauty. <laughs> And and they were creeps, so they ended up finding us at a bar. So after after renting the car, they these guys found us at a bar, and the mission was to to get to get us to go oh, with them. Right? Yeah, vamos, and we fell into the trap. We fell into this trap totally, of yeah. this guy has this hotel that they're renovating, <laughs> so we should go check it out because it has an amazing view. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I love amazing views. <laughs> Wendy was like, pues sí. Actually, I think it was Wendy's idea, and I was like, "No, bomba, like no." And then I was like, "Bueno, pues, amazing view, okay." And and then what happened, Wendy? You keep telling it. <laughs> we got in the car, like like real intelligent people with a, a higher education. You know, we got in these strangers' cars. <laughs> I don't think I had my master's degree yet, actually. Because they were like, first they were like going to show us like these touristy places without you know us having to uh, pay any of the tourist companies at night like at 10 p.m and we're like yeah let's see these things at yeah night. We, okay. it was a bunch of we had a lot of spicy margaritas we did um they, they were like chipotle what habanero margaritas i don't know what but Jalapeño. that's not good for your gut anybody wants to try that don't do it not at this that was that was another violent story at a different time oh in peru <laughs> Um, so the guys, you know, you know, they get us to go in their car and then at some point, um, it's a bunch, it's, it's just like a jungle area, right? So, you know, they start to like drive down the road and then I don't know where they decide to like turn into the, into the jungle, like a place that had no road. So we just went through the jungle in, in the Jeep. And then that's when Maria and I were like, oh shit, we fucked up. We, we shouldn't, <laughs> we shouldn't have done this. Well, I think we realized that when these two guys then got two other guys to go in the car, remember? It was just originally them two. Y luego, sas, otros dos were like, we're totally, like, outnumbered. You know, I remember I texted my friend who was actually, he was in the army at the time. And I'm like, hey, like, in case I die, like, send your drone or your CIA. I don't know. Like, oh, you know, because things yeah. were looking shady. Se bajaron las margaritas en chingado, huh? Dude. At that point. <laughs> you know what's, what's crazy is that not Mari or myself ever ever said like take us back we don't want we don't want to go wherever the hell you're taking us and and I think that that's you know very very key right very key to just like my response to my 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 fear at the moment right I was so scared I couldn't even respond in a way of like hey Take me back. I don't want to go wherever the hell we're going. Or like jump out of the car. Luego you're in the jungle. We were not even in Puerto Rico. It was an island off of Puerto Rico. I wasn't too athletic back then either. So me jumping (laughs) off the car wouldn't have been good. Like I obviously wasn't the smartest. So (laughs) so me jumping out the car and whacking my head would not, would not have been a good idea. Yeah. Y luego me deja sola. Yo que. Yeah. Yo toda chiquita. But, um, but it, it's so funny because I'm watching the show and I'm like, don't get in his car. Like, don't go to his house, you dumbasses. But here we are, you know, in Puerto Rico doing that. Totally doing that. Yeah. And, and then it made me think about the time we did it in Colombia too. Like, we didn't learn our lesson, clearly. No, we didn't. So, so shortly after that, okay, so, so long story short, it was a scary story and we were very scared, whatever. At some point, um, uh, two of the guys get off and then we're, we remain with us, with the guys we originally met. Um, and then we end up going to this hotel, right? Which is totally abandoned and we're still, again, really dumb going in there. And yeah. then at some point, um, 
uh, one of the guys starts to like really trust me. Uh, and he just starts to disclose like pretty much them having taken other victims in the past. And and at this moment, I'm outside with one guy looking at the enjoying the, the view. She's enjoying the view. Yeah, enjoying the view. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Wendy's inside a room talking to this weirdo. Yeah, yeah. We, it wasn't inside a room. It was like, it was like in the outdoors. Like we were outside. Uh, yeah, Mari's like, you are lo que vine. I can't yeah. see yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, at least I, I saw it. So this guy starts to pretty much say a bunch of stuff like, oh, we usually do this. He had a lot of like resentment towards the partner, the guy that Mari was talking to because the, he always he always got to like, <laughs> this is going to sound fucked up, but he was like, he always gets the good looking ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I, know, I was like, I was like, motherfucker, you sleeping on me? <laughs> Didn't he have a cross eye? Like maybe he, uh, he couldn't see no. it. He no, that was a different guy. No, that was a different story. That was a different story, Rosie. But anyway, that's a different trouble story. <laughs> so this, so this guy starts to pretty much share a lot of it, like his frustration, like. For people that don't know me personally, I just have a a knack for people. They people just like to tell me what's going on with them and their frustration or resentment or whatever. So this guy, but like deep, dark conversation, not like oh, you know, I had a shitty day. No, like I murdered my dad when I was seven. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So obviously, like my 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 amazing vibes. Thank God, right? Because those vibes totally saved us that day. Um, he just wanted to talk about that resentment he had. Um, and then he started talking about how much he just hated women. But, you know, I did my thing. I, you know, calmed him down, said, you know, I validated him. I did, I did my best work ever because we <laughs> ended up getting out of there and being safe. Yeah. Um, and totally like going, you know, we totally just got back there and got to our place. Well, I remember Wendy, she came to get me. She's like, we need to go. We need to go now. And I'm just like looking at her and I'm thinking of all the movies because I love scary movies and like, you know, people getting murdered and stuff and i'm just like wendy you need to relax because i don't know what just happened but if they know that you know that i know that we all know like we ain't getting out of this house you know so i'm like stop and she's like running down the stairs and i'm like hi you guys can you guys take us back to our hotel yeah, yeah i know my money first of money was just worried about looking cute we might have been getting killed you know we were gonna get killed but money was like do i still look cute <laughs> but yeah i didn't tell mari what what the guy has said to me because i didn't want to freak her out and also mari can be like very um she's a a big blabby mouth so she she could have been like oh hell no like what's trying (laughs) to hurt me and i would have been like no that's not gonna help us so i didn't tell her anything but we ended up getting out of there the guy obviously the partner guy that was probably not the the muscle in the situation um, was confused. And then the other guy that had been disclosing so much to me, just I feel like he just felt so vulnerable and was like confused himself. Like, why did I say this to this girl? Why did I say so much to this girl? And we ended up uh, getting a ride back to the bar that they left us, at, that they picked us up from. And then we went back to our it hotel. It started pouring. Then it started pouring. Don't forget, it was going to oh, be yeah, a thunderstorm and it was pouring. pouring. Right? And then I'm in the back of the car and Wendy was all like freaking out. I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that was our story. Um, yeah, dude, that's crazy because that could have gone real south, right? Like you're saying that he felt vulnerable. The good thing is that he responded with like, "All right, let's just let's just take you back to your hotel, whatever." Yeah, could have also gone the other way. Like, I don't want you to tell anybody. So, like, you know, that's a salir. 
Right, right. Well, the fact that they well, had done that to multiple girls too, right? Taking them there, roofied them and had their way with them. That could have totally happened to us too. Yeah. So, so you know what the, the crazy part is that he actually said something to me that is going to resonate with other, other listeners. Uh, he said the same thing the P guy said to me. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> who hurt you? He said, who, you're such a beautiful person. <laughs> and then I was like, God damn it. Um, but anyways, that, that's a good, that's a, this is a good segue to the topic for today. So let's, let's jump into, into today's topic. Um, <clears throat> so today we're going to be discussing trauma. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so this topic, we know it's a heavy topic and, and we just kind of want to dive into it as, as the way, uh, uh, spilling la sopa style. Um, so, one of the things that that came up when I was thinking about our third episode was um, this conversation that I had with my mom. Um, so me and my mom were talking. You know, I talked to my mom pretty pretty often, but she was sharing with me about her friend's daughter, and she was saying she was saying, "Pues la muchacha es bien floja," right? Mm. She was talking about how how lazy, quote unquote, this uh, her friend's daughter is. So then my suggestion to her was like, well, mom, maybe, maybe she's depressed, you know? And then she's like, depressed again? Like, what, 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 what is she going to be depressed about? And then I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe trauma, like maybe, maybe she has like, an experience with trauma. And then she's like, que trauma ni que nada. El trauma no existe. Eso es pura huevonada. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> yeah. So then I th- that really got my wheels like turning. I was like, holy hell. Um, I haven't realized I haven't accepted this or like acknowledged this. But my mom and probably a lot of people in my family don't accept that trauma is something we've experienced. Mm. So I'll start off with a question. Ladies, what do you know about trauma? So when right. we were talking about um, about recording this episode and the topic, I was kind of like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, I was like, we're gonna vamos a deprimir a todo mundo like talking about this topic. But um, I actually had to look it up. You know, like I looked up. I was like, obviously, I know what trauma is, um, but I I ended up like you know doing a little bit of research and I found this like theory. It's like the three E's of trauma. It's like events, experience, and effect. And I think that's that's what it is for me, right? Trauma is is like an event or experience, something that happened that produces these like long-lasting feelings or negative feelings or or thoughts, right? So, yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the short version. You know, when you were talking about your mom, I wanted to share too, que, um I have a friend and that I, I told my mom that kind of the same story that you were, well, it was the other way around, the other way around, because I was telling her, you know, que según que está deprimida la muchacha. And she's like, ¿deprimida de qué? ¿Tiene casa? ¿Tiene marido? ¿Tiene hijos buenos? ¿Por qué tiene que estar deprimida? Su vida es buena. And I'm like, and I, I, probably, I pretty much did the same thing you said. I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe trauma, maybe la molestaron cuando estaba chiquita. I don't know. And she basically said, no, no, ya que no tiene nada que estar traumada de depresión. Si tiene buena casa, el marido le paga todo y porque está traumada. But I'm like, you don't even yeah. know what happens behind closed doors, first of all, in their relationship or in their past, right? And, and they just kind of want to wash it away. Like, no, tiene buena vida ahorita, ya. Yeah. El trauma, no. Tiene buena vida ahorita. Yeah, definitely. Um... 
when I think about trauma, you know, very similar uh, to what Rosie said, but one of the things that I feel like I keep in mind is that it's it's as if there's like past things that happened that really like jarred you, that really shook your system. And um, now you're in the present and it's no longer happening. And it's been years since whatever the experience that really shook your, your system um, happened. It's been a long time ago, but but in the present, you still respond with the same responses it, it, physically. Right. It could be increased heart rate, sweaty palms fear, right? Hypervigilance, like gotta look, you know, gotta see if anybody's following me or gotta see if anybody's at the door or close all the windows, lock all the doors at night. So that's, would be my, my, uh, perception of trauma and how it like continues to live in the present, even though it's about something that happened way long ago, let's say. Definitely something that keeps shaping who you are as a person or how you react now to certain things, right? And how you do certain things. And you, you're like not even conscious about why you react to certain things this way. Um, so for example, when I was thinking about that, um, I, I was thinking about how, okay, so I'm going to share, I guess, maybe a story that, that goes with this. But so when I was 16, I was kind of sort of dating my friend's neighbor, um, and he was 20. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That's oh a story for God. another time. <laughs> but we were all, like, relatively the same age, right? Tantacunas, el señor. <laughs> no, he was 20. We were, like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, so we dated for, like, not very long, for two, three months, and then we stopped dating because I don't even remember the exact story, but we kind of stopped talking, and we left it off, like, not in a great terms, but about maybe, but it wasn't, like, the worst terms either. It was just, like, Weird. Anyway, so about like two months later, I get a call from my friend and she tells me that he died, that he had passed away at work, that he had a heart attack at work, which was even more confusing because he was so young. Right. But since that day, like, um, you know, obviously I was like, well, that doesn't even make sense. He's 20. Like, why would he die? Like, it was so unexpected. Right. And, and I was 16. That was the first death I had experienced. Um, None of my family members had passed away. I had never attended a funeral. I, I didn't know even how to go to a funeral, how to act. But anyways, the other day, now I'm kind of sort of dating someone. Dun, dun, dun. That's a story for me. <laughs> 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 is, he, is he 20? También? Or? Is he 20? Or is he 16? <laughs> Damn. No, I'm the cougar. No, he's, 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 he's regular age. Anyway. He's regular age. Oh, oh okay. regular. I'm so used to telling people, like, when, when we take off, right? Like, we're, let's say we're hanging out and then we leave. I always say, oh, call me when you get home or text me when you get home. Or as soon as I get home, I text them, like, hey, did you get home already? Right? Because anything can happen in that time, right? People are driving home. And I remember, I think it was the first time we went out and he didn't text me or say, hey, did you get home? And we lived like maybe 30 minutes away from each other. And I was like totally insulted by it. I was like, okay, does he not care? Like, does he not care that if I live or die? Like, why wouldn't he text me, right? Or ask, are you okay? Yeah. And then I kind of took a step back. I'm like, wait, why am I pissed about that? Like, this doesn't even make sense. I could actually ask him, hey, are you okay? Because he drove home too. But then I started thinking about that and I'm just thinking, well, I think the way, the reason why I respond this way is because of what had happened to me like 16 years ago, right? Somebody that I cared about passed, I didn't even know it. And, and now I just worry that someone that I care for will pass, right? Unexpectedly, just like that happened. And I kind of became self-aware, right? Like the Terminator. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, damn, that's why I react to things this way. Um so yeah, yeah. That's that trauma response right right trauma responding exactly exactly yeah. so it just kind of clued me in and then I also like learned okay like 
not everybody has dealt with like a death like that. So not everybody's going to say like, did you get home? Okay. Like, you know, some people are like going to assume, yeah, why wouldn't she get home? Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. And very specific too, right? Because it was a death of somebody that you probably had like romantic, romantic feelings for. So I, that, that makes sense for it to come up if with, with somebody that you're dating. I just, I also just want to acknowledge that we're, we're not, we're not, um, we're not going to act like, like dating a six, a 16 year old, 20 year old dating a 16 year old is not inappropriate. It totally is. So if you're 16 and, and you're, PSA. Or, wait, actually, actually, if you're 20 and you're one of our listeners and you're dating a 16 year old, stop it. It's illegal. <laughs> okay. Continue. <laughs> continue. <laughs> No, I'm not going to share anything anymore. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's a, I think it's just so interesting how these things play out in like small and, and big ways, right? Some events or some traumatizing events play themselves out across our lives, like in, in a bigger way and some in a small way. So I was in a, in a car accident when I was like, how old was I? I was probably like 20, 21. And I was actually on my way to a uh, interview. Right. And I wasn't even on the freeway. I was at a stoplight. I was oh. at, a, at a red light. Right. Minding your business. Minding my business, you know, rehearsing my like interview questions, bailando. You know, I had the music. I had the music on. And I was like, you know, just minding, minding my own damn business. And um, there's car. It was a big intersection. So there was a semi truck that was turning into the lane next to me. Right. Like opposite direction, turning into the lane next to me. Anyway, like it gets closer and I'm like, damn, like it was like real quick in my brain. Right. I was like, damn, that shit looks close. And then I see like it getting closer. Y no le iba a librar, right. Like the, the truck part itself, but the trailer part wasn't going to make. And then I was like, oh, shit, he's going to hit me. And in that like split second, I look back to try to reverse. And there was a car behind me. Right. Like I looked through the rearview mirror and there was a car behind me. Oh. And by the time I like, ref so I, I, I didn't move. By the time I refocused my vision back to the front of the car, like, ya tenía la llanta by my face, basically. Wow. By my head. So the semi, I, I was driving a Nissan Sentra at the time. They're like, they're short, you know, stanchatitos. They're not Chiquitos, like, yeah. not a huge car. So the back of the trailer ran over the front part of my car. So totally took the nose off of my car. Right. So when I looked, that's why I freaked out because the tire was huge and it was like, close to me right oh it was like God. i could see it like it was it was close to my face because it took out the whole front of my car oh my and before God. i like i remember hearing the sound first you mm. know like i remember hearing the like loud bang first before like really like comprehending like what the hell just happened dude like did that really just happen and so he didn't even notice, that. dude. They had to flag him down. Like, él ya iba en chinga on his whatever Oh, my God. Doing. No te vio. They kind of, somebody flagged yeah. him down. Y ya se bajó. And it just so happened that, like, a cop was was um, was um passing by. And so he kind of, like, saw the tail end of what happened. So he stopped to check on me to make sure I was okay. I was, like, a little dazed. But, you know, gracias a Dios, I didn't, like, nothing nothing bad happened. Yeah. I still went to that interview. Dang. Oh, my God. Did you wow, get the job? Dude. Yeah, dude, I, I got off. Yeah, el señor, you know, Now I think about now, I was pissed that day, right? But I was so upset. Like, I was so mad that I didn't have the words, right? Like, I wanted to get off the car and the, and the cop was like, no, no, you know, stay in the car. Because, like, he spun my car. So I was, like, halfway in the lane, halfway out. He's like, no, stay in the car. I was like, no, I want to see my car. And he looks and he's like, mm, okay. What's left I was of like, it? Damn, it's going to be messed up, isn't it? Y me bajo. And I'm like, 
dressed up in a dress, heels, like pantyhose, the whole shebang. He viene el señor, right, el trainer. He's like, oh my God. And he's holding onto his hair like Krusty the Clown. Dude. He had Krusty the Clown hair. Oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, I was on my way to an interview. Like, I didn't even answer his question. I, I just, I was so yeah. upset and confused. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Anyway, the cop offered to take me to that job interview. Oh. And I was like, nah, dude, I can't show up to this, to this job interview. <laughs> cop car. They're going to be like, nope. <laughs> like, uh, she's on parole. Yeah. Like, she really want arrest. a job, though. We want to make sure that she goes to this interview. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. So, I, I make sure you drug test her. Okay, <laughs> guys. <laughs> you, got, you got another customer. <laughs> yeah. I made it to the interview and, and, you know, whatever. But now, like when I'm driving, even, and even more so when I'm not driving, like when a semi gets close or when like I'm a passenger, like my, my partner's driving, I'm sure he hates this. Um, I'll flinch. Like I will legit flinch in my mm -hmm. seat. If, he, if I feel like he's too close to the wall, which probably isn't true, right? He's in the driver's seat. He has control of the car. Um, but if I'm too close to like a semi or like a bus, uh, yeah. like I kind of, you know, internally, right. like you're saying that physical response, I'm like, oh, I just want to pass it. I just want to get away from it. Like, yeah, yeah, that totally reminds me of just like, like our brains, right? Like our brains are a total muscle. And, and sometimes I forget this, but yeah, man, if our brain experiences, experiences anything like as severe as like the, the truck accident that you experience, the car accident, um, Or maybe even just repetitive trauma, right? Like constant, you know, uh, high levels of distress uh, while you while you were growing up. Our brain will record that and memorize that. So anything, any little thing that that might remind us of of something distressing that happened to us, so anything that might be like a trigger, we're totally gonna respond in that way, right? Because we're we're trying to uh, protect ourselves, right? We're trying to Um, fight or flight or freeze, right? Fight or flight or freeze. Um, one of those three. And Rosie definitely froze. I said, Kelo. Yeah. And then she flew to her interview. I made it through the interview. I have to say, like, I, I think the adrenaline hadn't like, you know, hadn't set in or whatever. I made it through the first interview, but then the lady was like, oh, you know, I think you'll be great. Uh, I, I want you to wait for my boss. So and so they'll be here in like 30 minutes. And at that point, yeah, I was like pale. I was like yeah. Casper. dude. I was pale. I was like nauseous. I was, yeah. I was sweating. And I was like, hey, I'm, you know, what? I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I really can't stay. Yeah. And I did tell her, I was like, hey, I'm going to be late. I was just in a car accident. I'm at this intersection, which was only like five minutes away from from the place. Wow. Um, yeah. I, could, I couldn't do it, dude. Dang. Wow. That's a boss story, Rosie. You know, one of the things that comes to mind for me um, is is my my mom, right? Like growing up in, in a Latino home. So my mom was a combination of gems, you know, like, <laughs> and I want to. What do you mean? Just so the listeners know, I don't I'm not I don't mean to knock on my mom. And I, and I appreciate everything she does. And, and I understand, I think I've done enough, enough healing work on myself to really understand where she was coming from. But nonetheless, she had many gems. And one of the gems was, oh, actually, I'll, I'll name three. She was a hood. We grew up in the hood. She was an immigrant and she is, uh, indigenous, right? So she had these three gems, right? And then that, all of that shapes her parenting, right? <laughs> so then that means that, um, 
a lot of times in order to discipline us, she didn't use timeout, right? I don't, I'm not sure if, if, if your mom's used timeout, but she totally did. Definitely didn't. not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no timeout. No. Definitely not. La chancla and the stare, and that stare was deadly. The stare. Oh, you. And the stare. <laughs> oh, when, yeah. una mirada, and I knew, like, shut your mouth or you're going to get whooped. Yeah. Well, my mom was like, she had, I don't even know what to call it, man, like a bag of contraptions. Like, she held a, <laughs> like, cargaba una bolsa y en la bolsa, it was like a never-ending magician hat. Like, she would pull out the chancla, she could pull out a punch ladle, she can pull out, like, like a gancho, like, oh my God. A, a small belt. Like, she and was she like... Was, she was resourceful. Exactly. <laughs> she got hella tools. She was like, which one's going to get you to fucking to shut turn up. it down 20 levels? <laughs> for sure um but you know when i think about it it's like this, obviously this is like her efforts and like you know doing parenting and making sure that she was showing a structure right um i'm not sure how much of the structure i got you know i like to think that i'm a decently structured person but dang dude th those those uh madrizas que me daba like <laughs> they weren't like a walk in the park right um and and even, like, I remember when I was a kid, like, I knew, like, which chancla was, like, gonna do the most, like, damage. fucking, like, the most damage. Like, the little thin chanclas, damage, extra damage, right? But the little <laughs> foamy, the, the fatter foamy chanclas, like, back when, the, <laughs> yeah, back when the Spice Girls took on the scene and, the, and then the people thought it was cool to wear, like, the platform foamy chanclas. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. That was easy. That was a walk in the park. Like, <laughs> really? Throw that chancla at me anytime, any day. <laughs> oh, that would be fine. Um, but if I were to bring this up to my mom and be like, Hey mom, dude, all those madrizas, those were kind of dramatic, mom. Yeah. She would totally be like, hell no, you deserved every single one of the chinguisas que te di, Wendy. And I like to think that I didn't, but then in retrospect, I think about it, I was a little rebel. Uh, or a big loca. <laughs> yeah. Dude, isn't it isn't it crazy that they don't like remember? Yeah. Or, you know, like I was, <laughs> I was I was talking to my mom and she was telling me a story, right? She was a uh, estaba in Mexico and she was like, you know, your your little cousin, you know, her sister's daughter, she did something and and I asked tu tía like if it would be okay if, that I had a conversation with her because no me pareció bien. And you know, tu tía dijo que sí y dijo si quieres hasta cacheteala. And my mom was like appalled, you know, she's like, ay, no, como la voy a cachetear, blah, blah. And I was like, pues a mí si me cacheteas. She's like, ay, a ustedes nunca. And I was like, lady. I was like, doña, you, you playing, right? I was like, that. la última vez que me cacheteaste, she era una guajolotera, dude, like straight <laughs> across the mouth, fucking yañe style. Yeah. Yañe. <laughs> Eduardo, what is it? Eduardo Yanez? Eduardo Yanez. Man, dude. She, like, backhanded me across the mouth. It, like, shocked me. Because she hadn't hit me in a long time. And I was already, like, 14 or something. A big-ass kid, yeah. I was, like, 14, <laughs> last night. She just, like, reached across. And I, I feel like I didn't deserve it. You know, I wasn't guilty for what I was being accused of doing. Aww. But nonetheless, and so, and I was telling her, I was like, si, sí, no te acuerdas? I was like, yo si me acuerdo la última vez. And she's like, ay, no, pero yo así casi no. Yo, yo, and I was like, mm. That happened to me too. One time my mom slapped me 
and she swears up to this day que no es cierto, que no me cacheteo. I'm like, dude, I was with the neighbors and the neighbors. <laughs> let's go. I always tell her, let's go ask the neighbors. Let's go ask them. You slapped me in front of their, I mean, in their home. Mm -hmm. And they are religious people. You shouldn't be slapping nobody in a religious home. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, mentirosa, como te gusta inventar y exagerar. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, that is all true. That's true. Pero eso sí pasó. You did slap me. And it didn't leave me traumatized. <laughs> but, but she totally did. No se acuerdan. I, I wonder why that is. Well, I think it's it's also like, um, I, I feel like it, it's probably um, kind of putting them in a seat of, of accountability. Like, hey, you did something that was pretty humiliating to me. And then they have to look at it and, and you know, talk to us about it as adults. But, um, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about is um, just like like the piece of of. of of uh how cachetadas are normalized in in like novelas right like <laughs> like right. Yeah. almost like everybody's got a cachetada in la novelas right and then soap operas very dramatic and very fine too it's like totally fine if you slap somebody if, if you had just got news that was appalling or whatever like it's okay to slap people yeah i think in our culture is very common to get slapped right and very normalized too um you know, one of the things that I was thinking about is, is why, why do we think that, um, in our culture, the Latino culture, and I'm sure in other cultures as well, um, why do we not talk about trauma or what do you think? I think it's, it's taboo, you know, at least, or like we've been taught, um, or at least I, I was kind of taught to an extent that shit, like, you know, shit happens, right? And you, you have to dust yourself off and, and keep going. I will say that later, you know, my, my parents switched up their approach. Um, you know, like we went through an experience as a family and I think that forced my parents to, um, to look for resources and to really focus on like, okay, well, these are like, they know their own traumas, right? Like, I don't want to traumatize my children in the same way. Right. So, um, they were, and now as adults definitely are a lot more open to the conversation um, you know, I, I ended up having a heart to heart with my mom that I didn't expect. It just it just kind of happened like pretty recently. And when stuff like that does happen, right, when those conversations do happen, like I'm equally surprised and, and also like proud or like happy that we can have those conversations because I know that that's not the case for a lot of people. Right. Um, I know that uh, denial is I feel like denial is one of the defense mechanisms that is is huge in our culture. Right. Like we something happens and we want to push it uh, under the rug or, you know, we don't want to talk about it. They're just like, yeah, some cosas privadas. De eso no se habla. Definitely. So denial and, and the other one that comes to mind is like minimizing. Right. So not only did it not happen, but if it did happen, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. And like poquito. Said, like, get up and dust your shoulders off. Yeah. And there's always oh. that comparison too, like what Mari said earlier, like, oh, um, you know, because then you, I, at least I can say that I internalize some of that, right? Like, oh, man, why am I sad or why am I upset about this? I have a job. I have clothes. I have food. Like, you know, I have the, the necessities. Like, I'm fine. I should be fine. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's okay to not be fine, even if you have all of these material things, because those are material things, right? We also have to think about our emotions and our feelings and addressing them because they do come out in other situations, right? And they affect your relationships. Uh, I'm traumatized with parking. Like when I'm, I'm going to start looking for a home hopefully soon. Like 
I know I want to have a parking because I've had like, we've always lived in apartments. We've always had to share parking. Siempre ha sido una pelea con tal cosa, con tal persona y otra. And, and so you really want to make sure that you do talk. I mean, I know parking is, you know, irrelevant in a way, but still, you know, it's something that you want to make sure that, that, that comes up, but you want to make sure that you address. Right in your future to live a healthier, happy life. And in my family, también no se creen like in going to therapy or even just talking to strangers about your business. Like you know, you don't you don't go into that. Right. I, I've definitely experienced um, people that uh, have said things like, "Oh, you just like say too much, Wendy." Like that was one of the things that the criticisms that I've gotten before. But if if um, for those of you that don't know me personally, these ladies do, but I'm pretty open to talking about uh, many things um, because I think that it's important for me to show up as my true self. And if I can do that, then if I can offer that to somebody, then I can just hope that they can offer that to me. Um, you know, one of the things that Rosie said earlier was that there's like a sense of pride um, when you're able to have a conversation about trauma with your parent and they actually make space for you to say it and listen and, and and it's even more awesome when they're able to be accountable about the things that that may have occurred in your family um I want to give a little example about you know just you know how my mom in many phases in our relationship she struggled with with accepting that trauma was definitely present in in our family and in our lives um there was a time where uh, one of my brothers, he was 30, 30 at the, at the time, 30 years old. I was about 14. So he did something that really hurt me. Um, and, and I remember that, um, on the day that, that, that incident happened, I was in, in the restroom trying to collect myself. Um, and then my mom comes in the restroom and, and here I am in a space of like, oh, she's coming to like, you know, kind of, uh, hold me. Right. And, and, and kind of apapacharme or something but the first thing that she asked as soon as she opened the door she sees me and I'm like crying and she's like ¿Qué le hiciste? that was her question what did you do to him and I remember that day it, it's so clear to me like that day I, I can remember it because I feel so like damn like she didn't even like worry about the fact that I was a kid, right? I was 14 and my brother was a grown person, right? He was 30, 30 years old at the time. And she didn't blink twice before she questioned, what did I do? Right. Um, and then it kind of reminded me, right? Which is, this is an example I used with her when she was questioning trauma and trauma responses. And I was like, Hey mom, remember that day? Remember that day when you asked me, you went, the first question that came automatic to, to you was, what did you do to him? Um, and, and I reminded her that that was a form of trauma responding, right? My mom had an experience with my father, with my father being very abusive towards her. And oftentimes when domestic violence happens in the family, the, the wife, the mom is led to believe that it is her fault, yeah, right? It's her it. fault that these things are happening. You made me mad. You, you're pissing me off, right? So you totally internalize that. You take that in and, and then that comes out in the world, right? In the way that you view the world. So if somebody is rude or mean or evil to you, you're like, what did I do to, to get to this space? And that's totally not, totally not the case. Yeah. Um, so I would say that the reason why it's difficult for Latino families to talk, talk about trauma is the lack of 
many factors, but one of them would be education. We're not too sure what it looks like. Um, we're not too sure how to talk about it, what words to use. And sometimes we're confused. We don't even know that we were going through trauma or something that really like shook our system. Definitely. Um, but that leads me to the next question. Um, what are some ways that, that you think you cope with trauma or, or your family? It, well, you know, you were talking about how your mom responded to you in that way. Like, what did you do because of her own experiences? So that's her trauma response. And it just got me to think about like, how when we were in Puerto Rico, right, and we got in those cars, like at the moment and until this time, sometimes I don't think that wasn't really that traumatizing, but it was. And the way that we, I kept responding through that was in Costa Rica. We, no, that was in Costa Rica. Where, where did we, um, in Colombia, right? In Colombia, we, uh, again, we, we got into cars. We met strangers. We went, you know, with them in their cars. When I went to Thailand with my friend, I told her that we were hitchhiking everywhere. She's like, that sounds so cool. Let's do it. Yeah, boy, otra vez. Hitchhiking, right? Like, I didn't learn my lesson. But because, again, I didn't really see it, right? And so it was just the way that I just responded to things. That I'm going to continue putting myself in these situations um, until I actually really process that. Right. So some coping is like minimizing or, or in ignoring the fact that something was... Denial, for sure. I'm like, that wasn't yeah. that bad. But no nada los pasó, ni nos pasó nada. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Laughter, I, think, I mean, too. definitely denial, but I also think like um, a lot of like distracting yourself, right? Like either overworking, like just cons- mm-hmm. like be- allowing yourself to be consumed or trying to be consumed with work or um, overbrooking yourself like for social mm-hmm. activities. Um, I think that's a like a common response. Yeah, that's a really good one because I think that brown people, people of color are notorious for being overworked. <laughs> that is true. Like too, like too much work, man. Workaholics, um, and and just being stimulated by external things. Um, one of the things that it comes up for me for coping would be laughter. Right, this is a, a that's what I primarily use, and and I feel like um, we share that you know, we share that commonality where we we use humor to kind of uh, bring some lightheartedness to, to conversations that are heavy. Definitely so. the laughter and the drinking too. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So good some point. negative behaviors as well. Right. Right. Alcohol, drug use, um, other, 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 uh, things that you can do to kind of numb out, right. And not necessarily pay attention to what's happening inside. And I think that might be also why, why it's, it's hard to talk about, right. Cause it's like after you say it out loud and it's out in the open, then you have to cope with it in some way, right? Like you have to deal with it in some way, like engaging in that conversation with, with whoever, like in this case, you know, we've been using the example of our parents, like opening that door, saying it out loud, like this is, this is how I perceive the situation, et cetera. Like now where do you, like, where do you go from, from here? Right, Right. Right. Like, do we just pretend like we didn't talk about this and just like, continue our relationship go about our merry way or like do we have to do now do something with this information to heal yeah and i think it can go any way right it could be talked about and then just that's it right not not for it not to go anywhere if that felt sufficient for you um but sometimes when you don't get the response that you want from the person you know like your parent or or maybe a a partner um, you can walk away feeling pretty raw, like pretty, like, like my experience has been like, I say something that I was like dreading saying 
and then when I say it I don't get the response that I was hoping for usually some validation and then I walk away just feeling like naked like uh like like those dreams you get when when you're like walking around without pants or something yeah <laughs> yeah it is, it is yeah. Putting, like feeling vulnerable you know, it is very vulnerable. Well, also when, when things are out in the open, then you have to decide, okay, now that they are in the open, what do I do with them, right? And a lot of the times we don't want to do anything with it at times, right? We don't want to do the healing work because the healing work is going to take a time and B, it's going to hurt as well. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that if we see it that way, like, okay, healing is going to take forever and and um, and then it's going to hurt then we're probably not going to jump jump into the healing journey, right? But at least for me, I really like to just be curious about it and and, and really, you know, that curiosity turning into some fun, right? Like, like I really want to learn why the hell do I pop off every time this happens? You know, like X, Y, and Z happens. Or why do I keep dating, you know, people that aren't, you know, the healthiest for me? And then that might be another, another topic for another episode. Um, but, you know... Let's go ahead and, and, and lead ourselves to a closing here. Um, any final thoughts about this topic, ladies? I think it's a very important topic to discuss. Um, and I'm glad that I was able to, you know, talk about it with you ladies. And I guess now with the world, hopefully the world is listening <laughs> to our viewers, right? Um, because it's something that you don't talk about a lot of the times among friends or at all, right? And especially in the way that we do, we, we, we do add laughter to it. But it's an important topic to talk about. So for all you people listening out there, you know, think about, I think it's important to, to, again, when in relationships, to think about the reason why we react to certain things in a certain way. And at times we push people away, whether it's our friends or our lovers or partners with our parents. So I think it's an important topic to talk about, to really go deep and, and, and do that healing work and know and learn more about yourself so that you can lead a healthier life. So that I don't get mad at guys who don't tell me, like, did you get home okay, right? <laughs> and, and that's just, you know, irrelevant. Yeah, I think just to, to add to that, I feel like these kinds of conversations, um, like, normalize it a little bit, right? Like, it's okay to talk about trauma, right? Like, it's okay um, to find a group of people or a person or a therapist or whomever you're you're comfortable with to to share a little. And I think there is a lot of healing in that. So, um, all 10 of our listeners, I hope, (laughs) I hope you enjoy, (laughs) I hope you, you enjoyed this topic and I hope that you, you know, engage in your own conversations. Um, so my final note is, okay, guys, um, just remember, you know, part of your journey can include laughter, right? For sure. It doesn't have to be, you know, rough and, and sad, all the time but you can totally laugh about you know things laugh about your pain if if that's something that'll help be helpful laughter produces endorphins uh, and these hormones sometimes are are helpful with relieving pain temporarily so we'll definitely make that healing journey a little better if you can laugh about things um, you definitely combat those stress hormones, right? So you definitely want to you know make sure those cortisol levels stay down and more of the story be curious about your healing. Yeah, and don't get mad if your date doesn't ask you if you got home safe. And guess what? Your parents don't remember slapping you, <laughs> even though they did. <laughs> <laughs> and not uh, disciplining with la chancla. 
And don't get into strangers' cars, people, in this country and no country. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> and the number one rule, above all, do not date underage people. <laughs> if you are a grown-up, please do not date underage people. <laughs> okay, adios. Bye, Bye everybody. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for today's topic. Special thanks to our audio editor and producer, HG from Beat Farm Productions. Hasta la próxima, and remember to join us next time by tuning in with your amigas to Spilling La Sopa. Spilling la sopa.